0: Hello and welcome to your podcast, the podcast about indie hackers and uh, about my journey bootstrapping my own projects. My name is Tiago and uh, today I have a packed episode for you. I will start by trying to answer the question that almost no one has an answer to. I've interviewed a lot of people and uh, it's always really hard to come up with an answer, so I'll try to do that. Besides that, I will give you an update on my week, some interesting events that happened, some uh, really interesting experiments that I've made that I want to share with you. And last but not least, I'll be giving my opinion, and it's only my opinion, about how unbalanced indie hackers are in terms of gender, because after checking the statistics of the listeners list podcast i realized that only about 10% are women and 90% are men so yeah i giving my unasked opinion about that matter and uh, hopefully you'll find it interesting so yeah a lot to talk about let's get started with today's episode Our brain is an amazing machine. We were born with it, so it's hard for us to realize how impressive it is. But now more than ever, engineers are trying to replicate the brain with artificial intelligence, artificial neural networks. But we realize that it is extremely hard. There are certain tasks that our brain performs in such a way that doing that with a computer is extremely hard. Take image processing, for example. Our brain is always getting inputs from our eyes and processing it. And doing that with a computer, it is extremely, extremely hard. However, there's one thing that us humans do really, really well, and that is adapting to new circumstances. Let me give you an example. Do you drink coffee or beer or wine? Do you enjoy it? If your answer is yes, let me ask you another question. When you first tried one of these drinks, did you like it? Probably not, right? These are what we call acquired tastes. But what does this mean? It it, it makes no sense. How come by just drinking more of something we do not like, we start enjoying it? This is the capability of our brain to adapt to life. If we take, for example, coffee, this is a drink that we kind of forced to to drink it for many reasons. One is it is because it's social. Quite often people ask you to go for a coffee and you are drinking and uh, enjoying with your peers, right? It's a way for you to be part of the family, of the crew, to fit in. Or, for example, it's also a way for you to focus more. In uh, these days where we don't sleep much and we need to work a lot, coffee, caffeine, really helps you to perform at a better or at a top level. And because of that, your brain is able to kind of rewire itself so that it starts enjoying coffee. The same for beer, for example. It's a drink that allows you to be more socially active, for example, and and your brain, again, adapts. This does not happen only with drinks. It happens with a lot of things. For example, when you just move to a new city and you just do not like it. You don't like the weather or the people or the language. But if you push, if you continue doing, after one year or so, you start realizing that, eh, actually, I kind of like it. It's funny because the same thing happened to me when I first moved to Dusseldorf in Germany. Coming from... Portugal, to this new, completely country with a different mindset and culture and weather. At first, I didn't want it. Every time I was in Portugal and I had to go back, I was feeling sad. I didn't want to go. But after one or two years, I started to really enjoy it. Then it was really, really hard for me to move back to Portugal because I felt that I belonged in that city, that Dusseldorf was part of me, that so many memories were created there, that it was really sad, and, and I'm even getting nostalgic just by thinking about Dusseldorf. Our brain, my brain, adapted, because I needed to. I was going to stay in Dusseldorf, and uh, in order to make it easier, my brain allowed me to do so. There is one question one question, and it is related to this topic, that I ask quite frequently to my guests here in the podcast, and quite often I do not get an answer that satisfies me. The question is, if you had to go back, or if you could go back in time and speak with your older self, what would you change in your indie hacking journey? This is a really, really hard question, and I, I asked this to you as well you are probably an indie hacker or just take another example of your life if you could go back 10 years what would you change it's really hard to answer isn't it normally people just say that i would not change a thing because this is who i am my mistakes what i've learned from them allow me to reach and become the person I am today, so I wouldn't change a thing. Our brain adapted to this journey and learned to like it, every single aspect of it, even the bad things, even the mistakes. And of course, this is also what all or most of my indie guests answer me. But I always feel that this kind of answer does not bring me the right substance because I want to learn from them. And if they don't give me concrete things that they wish they knew, then I cannot apply them myself. Of course, that I'm, I'm not putting the blame into them. It's probably my blame, actually, because I never send them the questions in advance. Uh, I try to make it more organic. And uh, when I bring this question, normally, in the end of the episode, they don't know how to answer. It's completely normal. And uh, today, actually, my partner asked me the same question it's now September. It's been more than a year since I quit my job to focus full-time on my projects, and unfortunately, I feel that I haven't made it. Okay, I'm making 500 MRR, which I think is also great, but uh, it's still not enough. Not enough to pay my bills. It's it's still not enough. It's still not a job, let's say. So, I'm feeling a little bit sad, a little bit disappointed, And we're talking about that. She told me that I was able to achieve a great deal of of money as well. 500 MRR is is not nothing. It's great. But she also asked me, what would I change if I had the chance to go back in time? And again, the first thing that came to my mind was nothing. I I took the opportunity to learn. and, And that's amazing. But then I started to kind of question myself. If if I cannot answer this question, does that mean that I learn nothing? So I want to give you a proper answer to this. And it took me some time to realize this. So if I would been asked this question on the spot, I, I probably couldn't give a proper answer. But there's two things that now come to my mind. Two things that I would probably change if I could go back in time. And first would be, to focus on the audience. We, as indie hackers, are still too attached to the idea, the cult of the idea. We think that the idea is the most important step of our projects. And it everything starts with an idea. We can just be jogging or showering. And if we get that strike of inspiration, that idea will come to our mind at, and it will change everything. But that's not true. Actually, we should start with finding an audience. An audience that we like can be related to a hobby as you have, for example, if you like painting or some sports or mental health, whatever, any topic that you're passionate about, that can be your audience. And then you try to find out where people that also love this topic, that are also passionate about that topic, where do they hang out? Is it online? Is it on conferences? and try to find them, and and try to be part of that. Once you do that, it will be much easier for you to start identifying challenges, problems that people around this audience also have, and there's no proper solution. And then you find a solution, and I guess that's where the idea comes along. idea, it's a solution for a problem of an audience. But you should start with an audience. This is something that I wish I knew back when I started, because it makes everything so much easier. I created this step-by-step guide, a guide that anyone can follow. And I I really believe it can help bootstrappers, especially starting bootstrappers, to guide them in their projects. And and you can acquire this this guide. The link will be in the description. It costs nine bucks, I think, now. So if you also want, want to support this podcast, that's also a way for you to do so. But I really believe that this can help. And I'm now always following this guide. With every new idea I have, I'm, I'm following this guide. And I'll, I'll let you know more about this with the new idea that I'm working now with the electric vehicles. But yeah, this is definitely the first thing I would change now. I would start with the audience. And the second thing would be I would focus more on passive marketing. What is passive marketing? Is marketing that does not require my everyday efforts to bring users to my websites. This means SEO. This means automating certain aspects of the marketing. For example, finding new users automatically, sending messages automatically, or for example, posting on YouTube because the algorithm of YouTube is great and showcases your products or your videos, even if you are not actively showing it around. Starting a podcast as well is a great way of passive marketing, by the way. But unfortunately, Spotify and all of these streaming platforms are not as powerful as YouTube. So I would definitely focus more on that. And what I did instead was focusing on social media, focusing on Twitter, focusing on uh, indie hackers, which are great if you want results right away. But in the long term, they just do not work because you need to always put the effort and uh, the audience that you get in social media and in, in all of these platforms, they are not yours, actually. They are a rented audience. It's a rented audience. And if the algorithm changes or if you get banned, which happens quite often, then you don't have access to this audience anymore and your business is ruined. As you know, I'm focusing more on this kind of uh, passive marketing nowadays, but this takes months to achieve. So this is definitely something that I would have started with, or I should have started with. So here is my answer. Two things that I will change. Audience first, passive marketing. Now, I want to give you some updates on the past week. I have conducted a lot of experiments, and I have some interesting things to tell you. And let's start with my new project. I call it Go Electric. I'm still not set the name so maybe I, I will change it in the future but as I told you I've been trying to follow my own guide because I also want to iterate on it and if I'm selling it I want to make sure that it works and it's something that I'm proud and that I actually use so I've been starting with an audience and the audience is sustainability and more specifically people that are looking to buy an electric car and I tried to really define what this audience looks like. I I figured that there's people above 30, people that need a car, people that have uh, money or kind of middle class, and uh, people that are worried about sustainability. So I kind of defined what my target looks like, and I tried to identify where they are hanging out. I identified Reddit, I identified blog posts, I identified uh, some Discord communities and I, I started to kind of immerse myself in these communities and try to understand what are the challenges. The challenge that I identified for now, I'm saying I identify a lot, am I not? Yes, I, I think I am. Anyways, the challenge that uh, I realize it exists is for people that are trying to buy an EV. There are so many questions, actually, and I don't know if you are a a person that might be interested in that. But if you are, you probably noticed that uh, EVs are still quite complex. Uh, It really depends on your lifestyle and what you want to get from a car. For example, the first question that comes to my mind is how expensive it is? Where can I charge it? How long can my batteries last? And how much does it cost? to renew them. So there's many, many questions. And what I've realized is that, again, it really depends on your lifestyle. If you are a family with two kids living in the suburbs, you probably have different requirements for a car than if you are a single person living in the city. So my idea was to kind of connect people together and uh, so that they could help each other find the best car for them. And then we would have People that are more experts and people that are not. And I kind of realized that people around the EV community are really passionate about and they love to help out and to be on top of the news and share some pictures of EVs that they were able to see around them. People really like it. Of course, that everyone wants a Tesla. (laughs) Okay, maybe not everyone, but I guess it's the most wanted car. I decided to create a community. Yes, again, another community. I decided that this could be a great way to solve the problem so that I could connect people together and I know how to create communities. And uh, as it states in my guide, I tried to see how people are solving the problem at the moment and uh, tried to come up with proof that people would enjoy and would like to pay for the community. And, And here I need to be honest with you. I didn't find any proper proof. When I asked around if people would pay for such a community, most of the people said no. They said that they didn't understand. They don't understand the need for this. So this is immediately a red sign, red flag. It's saying, okay, Tiago, stop. Try to find another problem or another solution. This is not working out. But since building an MVP is so simple. I just do basically build a discord server. I tried it anyway. I did that. I, I splitted the discord server per country. So instead of having like one channel that says help or advice for EVs, since I want to be specific for each country, I have one for Australia, one for the US. I basically... Checked out the analytics of my blog post and saw where the traffic was coming from. Most of them comes from the US, so that's, I guess, where I would focus. I added a banner into the blog post so that people could see and click. And I launched my Discord channel. I launched it yesterday, so it's still very, very new. And so far, I got one person joining and not from the blog post. It's a person that I already knew from changes. So... Yeah, it turns out that uh, maybe the guide was uh, correct and I was just stubborn. And if I cannot find people that would be excited to pay for it, then it's probably not a good problem or a good solution. And uh, that's about it. I will still kind of focus a little bit on it, try to iterate, maybe to try to change the product a little bit. But I don't think this worked out. It's been only one day. I will wait a little bit. But yeah, I'll let you know. The other product that I that I already have people that said that they would like to pay for, is my automation that allows you to basically generate YouTube videos from your podcast episodes and push them to YouTube. So this is probably the other SaaS idea I'll be focused on. But yeah, here you have it. I've, I follow the guide. And it worked and it saved me a lot of time, to be honest. I didn't focus too much and now I'm able to see that actually it doesn't work and uh, I, I should move on. Another cool thing that happened this past week was that I recorded an episode with Anthony. We basically sat down here in my flat together and we just spoke about community, about our experience building both WB Space and for him the indie worldwide. It was really, really fun. It was the first time that uh, we actually recorded the video, so it was a bit weird for me. I didn't really know if I should look at him or look at the camera, but in the end, I think it turned out really, really cool. I will still have to edit the full interview, and uh, it will be out, uh, I think, tomorrow, actually. So, if you are listening to this today, it will be Wednesday, and uh, I, as a kind of uh, joke, I started by buying a lot of Pastel Nata. And we started the episode with him trying out the Pastel Nata from Mantegueria, which is one of the top uh, Pastel Nata places here in Portugal. And I think it was a really interesting way to start the podcast. And yeah, for me, I still prefer not using the video. I don't know, it's so much more personal and easy to connect with only audio, I believe. Of course, it. We can still just be in the same room. That's okay. But yeah, being aware of the camera can kind of change. But I guess I will. I'll get. Yeah, I can get used to that. I'm really curious to see if you like this episode, and let me know if you want me to do more video episodes. One great thing about living in Lisbon is that a lot of makers come here. So they come to my place, and we can do all of these cool events together. Tomorrow, we'll also go to do some co-working together. I've been invited to test a new co-working space here in Portugal. It's called, or rather in Lisbon, it's called Now Beato. And uh, it looks really cool, very indie. So I'll take some pictures and show you on Twitter at WB Podcast. But I'm really excited. I'm going there with Anthony and, and Steph and uh, we're going to be three working in our projects. And that's kind of the dream of Indie Haggard. That's what I want. I want to be working on my projects, but not feel alone. I still wanna hang out with other people. So that's really, really exciting. And uh, speaking about socializing, last week, we also did two virtual events for the WB space, super cool. As I told you, I believe I, I told you this, one thing that is really hard in the virtual community, is to organize an event with a time that kind of fits everyone. We have people from all over the world, literally almost every time zones here. So it's really hard because you get uh, minus, I guess, 9 UTC in San Francisco and then plus 9 or plus 10 in in Melbourne. So it's really, really hard to find a time that fits everyone. So what I decided to do this time, and it's been a while since I've made my past virtual event. That's a mistake, by the way, I should do more of them. What I decided to do is to create uh, three different groups. One for Americas, another one for Europe and Africa, and another one for Asia and Oceania. And now I, I have to organize three events. Hopefully I will be able to automate this in the future. But this time I organized the three events and it's definitely much easier for the people living in these kind of different time zones, the event, the first event, it was uh, for me it was nine a.m., which is still a good a good timing for me, and um, it was the Asia, so there was people from uh, India, people uh, from um, I think China as well, and uh, and also Oceania, so also people from Australia. It was really really fun. We were I think ten or so in total. I'm not sure if that many, but it was really interesting. We are just like speaking about our experience as uh, indie hackers in the past two months, what was your journey, our journey, actually, and, yeah, what went well, what did we learn? And in the end, we're just chilling, and speaking is very casual, very interesting. I really, really enjoy that. And uh, we took some pictures and shared it on Twitter if you want to check it out. And then, later that day, we had the European event. That one, only three people joined, actually, so... Yeah, maybe I didn't do a proper job in trying to schedule it, but still, it was really fun. Luca and Perry were there, and that was super casual, super chilled. We were like for one an hour and a half just speaking about indie hacking and, and about our journeys. It was really, really fun, giving feedback to each other. Amazing. This Saturday, there'll be the Americas or American kind of event. And uh, not a lot of people have signed up but still as i said even with two three people is really really fun and uh, yeah that's kind of my new try to get more people involved and uh, so far i'm i'm happy with the results so really really cool the last topic i want to speak with you about is related to something that happened this past week on twitter related to a tweet i've made and I was not sure if I would bring it up in the podcast or not, because I am afraid that by kind of sharing my opinion on this, I might offend some people. Hopefully not. That's not my intention, at least. I, I was drilling down my analytics about this podcast, about the listeners, and I was checking out on Spotify, and there's one where you can see the gender. I don't know how Spotify's distinguished gender, because we don't give that information as far as I remember, but they have those statistics. And for the WB podcast, they say that only 9% are female. So I tweeted about it in a kiddish, joking way. I tweet, why are girls not liking my podcast? Probably because I'm a nerd. Smiley face. I didn't think too much about it when I tweeted. I just wanted to create content, really. However, some of the replies of that tweet got me thinking. Got me thinking that I should not treat these issues lightly. That I should put more thoughts into, into, this, into this kind of tweets. Some uh, women, for example, said that they are nerds too. And uh, of course, I never meant to say that women cannot be nerds. Again, I didn't put... Much thought into that, but I never wanted, as well, to offend anyone. And uh, a friend of mine, for example, Wolfie, said that I should start by not calling them girls, but women instead. At first, I I got even a little bit triggered with that comment. I thought that it was kind of a personal attack somehow. That uh, he was getting caught on a technicality just to try to find something that I've made. That it was incorrect, but I do understand the power of language, and I think we have been doing great achievements in the past years. We have been adapting our language to be more gender neutral. In Portuguese, it's terrible because we don't even have the neutrality. We either have female or male, and objects can be female or male, and professions too. It's it's really terrible, and we need to find a way to fix that. But even in English, for example, we in the web industry used to treat the user as he when he comes to the website, when he clicks here, when the CEO is as well a he. And I remember when reading more modern books and seeing the word she instead of he when referring to a CEO. For me, it was not unnoticeable. I noticed that the author wrote she and. And the fact that we are doing that and we are rewiring somehow and retraining our brains to accept that as something that is completely normal, I think it's really important to get rid of those biases that we have in our society. So I I really believe that language is is important. I, I do also think that for me, in this case, the fact that I'm not native did not help. Certain words do not i uh, don't I don't see them with the same meaning. For example, for me, girls are not necessarily young women. For me, it connects with a larger spectrum of age. Anyways, of course, I didn't again wanted to offend anyone, and uh, i I really believe that we should do something to improve this. We should definitely try to find solutions to make indie hacking more balanced in terms of gender. I am aware that we still live in a very unbalanced society. And for sure that it's not by only adjusting the language that things will change. We need a much more broader, structural redesign of our society, if you want. For example, Jade answered by saying that women are at a financial disadvantage compared to men so may not have the resources to take a risk with indie hacking. And as well, women tend to take a lot of the burden with raising children. I believe that this is absolutely true, and again, this is only my male perspective, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it it really feels that it's expected from women to be less selfish, to be more altruistic, to think more about their family, whereas Men are rewarded if they are more selfish, if they take risks. And uh, indie hacking is a huge risk. For one, two, three years, you stop bringing money, you stop helping out your family, and you focus much of your time in your own projects. And unfortunately, I believe that the society does not accept this kind of behavior for women as well as except for men. Again, this is my perspective. What are the solutions? How can we fix this? Definitely is not with me, a man, speaking about the topic. We need more role models. We need to hear from uh, more women indie hackers. And don't get me wrong, there's many, many on Twitter and uh, I will uh, share uh, two links, one with a list of all the female entrepreneurs that I interviewed in the podcast for you to listen. I highly recommend because I've learned a lot from them. And I also shared a tweet where I tagged three of my favorite female indie hackers and then a lot of people came and tagged other women. So you should definitely check out that thread and follow those indie hackers because they are really, really amazing. And I would love to just hear more from them. Where are the female... Indie hacker podcast? Maybe there are. I just don't know about it. But if if you know about podcasts, YouTubers, any indie hacker, female indie hacker creating great content around this topic, send it to me. Tweet about it, and I will definitely retweet. And uh, we need to show to the world and, and to kind of raise this role model so that other women know that it's possible. And uh, we will eventually have a more uh, gendered, balanced community around our indie hacker world. And that's it. I, I won't bother you more in this topic. This is just my opinion. Again, I might be completely wrong, and I'm open to hear your perspective on that. So, WB Podcasts and Medium, and I would love to listen. I appreciate all my listeners, no matter their gender. I'm really happy and I've seen that there are more people now listening to the podcast, which is really great, makes me super, super happy. As you know, I don't want to do any advertisement. I don't want to bother you with that. So if you want to make sure that this podcast continues to grow and I continue to have the time to focus on it, you can help me out. There's so many ways. You can become a WBE member, it's $10 per month. You can buy my guide, you can buy the WBE merch, and then you can just wear it or use it or drink from it. If you think that 10 bucks is too much and you want to contribute with less, I will share a link where you can contribute with $2 per month to help the podcast everything will be in the description. Besides that, as you know, I will be sharing the interview with Anthony soon, so stay tuned for that and follow me on WBE Podcast on Twitter. I'm excited to meet you, so send me a DM and I'll for sure answer you. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next time. Go electric, go electric, go electric, go, go, go.